Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. everybody welcome back to another episode of private education the smart sex and relationships podcast i'm ashley keenan as i am every week and this week uh I, i was laughing to myself when i was booking this guest because you wait for ages and ages and ages for a dating coach to come along and then two come along at once just like Dublin buses um, last week we were talking to Mairead Lockman and this week we're talking to Jennifer Haskins from Two's company you founded the company Jennifer am I correct? That's right. yeah. Welcome thanks so much for coming on Thanks for having me um, So I wanted to talk we, we chatted a, a kind of in general about dating coaches and the process of you know what kind of matchmaking is and what kind of happens in that you know, business, I suppose, mm. last week. But what I'd love to talk to you about is things like basically advice for people who actually either are on their first date or want to make a good impression and need to know about, you know, things like chemistry and if it's there and if it's not and that sort of thing. Okay. So I my first question, actually, I really, there's a, there's a quote here from you that says, first of all, if there's no chemistry on the first date, there will be no chemistry later on. Okay. Is that true? Well, it's not entirely accurate because it's very different for men and women. Right. For men, the whole chemistry thing Mm. is probably more important than it is for women. Okay. And as hard as that might be to swallow, it's actually true. In my experience, this is my 12th year in this business. Right. So in my experience, women are far more forgiving in that if you meet a guy and you're comfortable with him, And you feel, you know, yourself in his presence and you kind of think he's a nice guy. Maybe you don't fancy him. Maybe there's no fireworks or huge chemistry. But women in general would give a guy a second date. Okay. Men, on the other hand, if what they see doesn't visually interest them, if they really feel like, okay, I'm not going to fancy this woman or I don't fancy her now, they're highly, and I mean highly unlikely, to give it a second go. Okay. And do you mean, so does that then, does that then mean if you're having a first date with someone and this, we were obviously talking about heterosexual relationships here for the purposes of this. If the man doesn't find the woman attractive, he's probably not going to look for another date. Yeah, well, I mean, it is a generalisation, but in the main, I just find men are far more... I suppose, visual than women. And that's an actual scientific fact. Mm -hmm. It's not that women can't be visual and highly visual, but just there are more in in the part of the brain 
uh, the amdala, which is the part where all these visual receptors are and where our stimulus comes from um, and our emotions and our responses come from. In there, in a man, there's far more, you know, um, visual synapses, Mm -hmm. okay, Uh, through the visual cortex. So what happens is they've done this study where they put you know, these kind of uh, electrodes on the brain, on the woman's woman's brain and on a man's brain. And they showed them visual uh, video, visual images Mm -hmm. that were of a sexual nature. The men, through seeing those images, it stimulated these visual cortexes and stimulated the men then where women were far less stimulated by that. So men if, if it, it goes back to the caveman times mm. when men were going out and there were the hunter gatherers. So they had to be able to see at a distance whether there was prey there or whether they were in danger uh, or what they could see at a distance where the woman was in the cave looking after the children, nurturing the children and looking after things like that. So it does go back to what's innate in us. And men do, as I say, they are far more visual. So if they see something they like, they're going to have an interest where I find otherwise they're just kind of going through the motions. But for for me, I kind of, I wouldn't necessarily, now again, I'm a woman, so maybe this is why, but I wouldn't necessarily completely link uh, visual things with, with chemistry. As in, I could have chemistry and I think there's men that could probably have chemistry with women who might not immediately think they're stunning, but a chemistry might form. So mm-hmm. while, yeah, the visual, I think, lends itself into chemistry do you do you think that you know a man might meet someone and not immediately be attracted to her but through the course of a chat on a date come to yeah. find them attractive do you know Absolutely, what I mean? Absolutely yeah. because we all have you know things about someone that we might find attractive that someone mm. else wouldn't find attractive so it's very very subjective you know we all know what it's like to be maybe going out with the guy and he just has this kind of crooked smile that melts your heart and every time he you know he smiles at you it can do that and it has an effect that no one else will see Mm -hmm. or that could bother or annoy someone else but for you it just does it for you and it can be the same for men men I mean uh, let's let's not paint them as being too superficial it's mm. not that I'm saying that mm. but what I'm saying is normally for men a first impression yeah and when a woman walks towards them if you're coming towards them and you're on a date and they see what they like they're immediately engaged okay but if they don't see that they may just kind of go through the motions a bit more now and at the same time I understand so that it kind of puts a, a block like so there could potentially be chemistry but the visual aspect yeah. the physical aspect it doesn't get them as engaged initially okay. yeah. but then they're talking to you and they start to see a bit more of you and then you um, I suppose emerge a bit more and they hear what you're saying and they connect and, and that can be I mean there's a lot of men who are looking for a huge connection with the woman just as a woman is with a man mm-hmm. but the point I'm making is that you know they they are just more I suppose visual and if that interest isn't there I mean they've done some studies I, I watched a programme a couple of years ago where they had women and men going out on first dates and they started putting them into what they called fat suits okay okay and they were like obviously uh, exaggerated for the purpose of the documentary and they sent women out with men in these fat suits and the women didn't know that they weren't that these men were in these that they were made to look really large 
Um, and the women would stay for the date, the whole date, talk to the man, give him a hug at the end and be really nice to him, where there were quite a few of the men that just immediately dismissed the woman and kind of went, look, I have to go. You're not what I thought you were. You know, I saw you on a dating site and this is not what I expected. Some of them were quite cruel. They were quite abrupt. So it did show the differences mm. between how we handle things like that. Yeah, um, that well, I mean, that study is wrong on so many levels because putting putting people into fat suits is basically you're essentially telling absolutely. the world that if you're fat you're unattractive which is absolutely it was given out all the wrong messages all the wrong messages and it also portrayed the men to be so superficial you see people from is it age 28 to 78 is that what you said yeah and so around that that's yeah. broad Right. Yeah, so, please. but it, do, it starts at twenty eight. So you start seeing people from that that stage on. So mm-hmm. presumably, like most of your clients would have been on dates or have been in relationships or have at least some experience in in the world of kind of romantic relationships. How do you kind of refocus them and like m- you know prepare them for the journey of you know the, of dating that they're about to go on is there any advice that you give them on how to make first impressions or things like that I can do and I do but it depends on their background depends on how much experience they have mm-hmm. somebody could be in their you know late 20s early 30s and they could be coming into this with the view that they want to meet a partner to have children and settle down or that just having a family is really important. It's high on their list of priorities. And if that's the case and they've done a lot of dating, they probably don't need an awful lot of advice. Mm -hmm. Um, If there's something that emerges when I'm having a consultation with them um, that I kind of feel they need advice on, I might give it to them at that point. Mm -hmm. You know, some people can be overly shy, um, maybe lack confidence, and then there can be other people who they're just... They've been doing so much dating that this is just another platform that they're using because they want to make sure that they're maximizing their chances of meeting a partner. Playing numbers game, kind of. Yeah. yeah. And it can also be down to time. You know, the whole biological clock is ticking. And that ticks for both men and women, not just women. So, um, but then you might have somebody that's recently separated or divorced that maybe they're still, you know, bearing the scars of what they've been through. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not everybody. Some people have really nice amicable splits, um, but other people have maybe gone through acrimonious divorces or separations mm-hmm. and they may still feel a bit raw about it. And okay. in those kind of situations, it's more just to give them the hope and tell them that there are a lot of people out there just like them, l- equally looking to meet somebody and that, you know, there is there is hope and light at the end of the tunnel for yeah. them. Yeah. And then you've got the people who've maybe lost a partner um, through bereavement. And that can be um, a very um, difficult one because it may be many years since they've dated and they don't know, well, what's the etiquette? What are the rules? Or are there any rules? And how do I go about this now? And what do I do? And, you know, in those situations, we would give advice and say, well, look, you know, it really you can make your own rules, but this is what we would advise. And yeah. this is how you, how you uh, go about it. Mm-hmm. And that can be very good because there's a bit of hand holding goes on there and they know that there's support there so they can ring us back and say look you know I met this person and this is what happened and how do you think I should take it forward yeah you know should I get in touch sooner rather than later you know how often should I get in touch Mm. you know I don't want to overdo it so you know little tips like that but feedback again giving people feedback on how they're coming across on a date because Who's ever gotten feedback? Yeah. Because most people say, oh, no, it's not you, it's me. 
and you're kind of going, well, I know actually that's not true. I know it was something I said or something I did, and but I'm not able to identify it. Mm-hmm. And I would love to know yeah. what exactly went on there. Okay. So we have to be very careful with that information that it's it's going to be something that's going to be positive for the person. We have, so we have to reframe it in a way that's going to help the person. So we're there to say, OK, what advice and what feedback could we give this person that could enhance their experience going forward? could make this easier for them and will give them a greater level of success. Yeah. So that's what it's all about. Focusing on the person, what's best for them, what helps them and gives them the outcome they're looking for. And so when you're when you meet someone and they're they're about to embark on a first date, there's some tips that I think, you know, anyone who's in the world of dating could probably benefit from. And I was reading through them here and the first one is don't blow it by drinking too much, which made me laugh because in Ireland we love drinking. <laughs> yeah, we do. We're a real social. Um, and going for a drink is is the first, you know, I mean, going for dinner. And it's probably different from your perspective, because as a matchmaker, you probably would advise a, a dinner or a coffee rather than an alcoholic drink, maybe. Mm. I don't know. But um, I know um, I got into a very heated discussion with a friend of mine recently about drinking on a date because I don't drink at all. And she was saying that, you know, on a date, she... If she's having a drink, she would like her co-date person to also be drinking because then they're on a like equal playing field, I suppose. So when it says here, don't drink too much. What 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 exactly? Like, how could that? If if the person, if the other person is drinking, is that okay? Like, how, you know, how do you gauge? Well, I just think that people are not themselves if they drink too much. So you know, is one drink enough? Is two drinks enough? It depends. If you never drink and you have one drink. You know, you're yeah. going to feel it. Yeah. And, you know, so it affects people at a different level yeah. and a different rate. So I would just advise if, if I was advising somebody to go on a first date, I probably would say, you know, just go for a drink. If that's going to be a sparkling water or a juice or if it's going to be an alcoholic mm. beverage, then that's fine. But I wouldn't advise them to kind of go two, three, four drinks, you know, maybe okay. two. But once you go beyond that, you're probably not going to be at your best. And although you may feel more relaxed, it doesn't necessarily mean you'll be at your best. You can be relaxed without alcohol and be in a much better state for meeting somebody than you would be with alcohol. So some people can get a bit messy with alcohol. And is it okay to rely on Dutch courage? No, you you want... Yeah, I, th- I prefer, I think it's better for people. I've had people who've come back to me and said, oh, no, I, you know, I don't believe I did that. But I, I ended up, I had a couple of drinks before I went to meet them and because I was a bit nervous and I just completely made a mess of it. And you, you can't take that back. Yeah. There's no going back from that. Yeah. Um, and that's an awful pity mm-hmm. because particularly if it were to, it was a date that had great potential mm-hmm. and you can't first impressions last you can't, you can't take, take back. it back no and the next uh, tip on the list there is pay attention to your date so you'd think that that's obvious you'd think that that goes without saying but is it a case of and I've seen this a couple of times when your date is talking you should be listening not to respond but listening to understand Absolutely. am I right there well you hear an awful lot more when you're really listening so everybody, when people are speaking, they're saying an awful lot more than the words. 
So if you're really listening, and that means listening with every part of you, so it's not just listening to the words, it's listening, it's really hearing into what they're saying. You can pick up an awful lot more from them. Mm -hmm. Even their mannerisms and body language is always a giveaway. So you can be saying one thing, but your body's saying the opposite. Mm -hmm. So the more you tune in to the person you're speaking to, Mm -hmm. the more you can pick up impressions from them. And I think that's what dates are all about, to try and get a feel for the other person, an impression of them. Um, and we're we're always, you know, picking up these impressions on all sorts of levels. Mm-hmm. So but there's nothing, I think, more attractive than somebody who pays you attention and shows that they're really interested mm. in what you've got to say. Because I like I've been in any, not even in, on dates or in romantic situations, but in, you know, just situations with maybe colleagues or friends where you're talking to someone and you know that in their head they're thinking of their next Sentence, or they're they're listening and they're going, they're they're planning their next story or how their story is going to relate to your story, and you can see that in someone, and it's almost like they might as well be looking over your shoulder at the next person because they're so not engaged with you. So I think that's that's a tip that I definitely think could apply not just in in dating but in. In general. in general, yeah, absolutely. Or that glazed expression that comes over somebody's yeah. eyes, and you know. That's, they're, they've not, tuned out they've yeah, checked out of this yeah. and it's awful <laughs> and if somebody does that on a date yeah. oh my god you Bad just news. want to be out of there yeah. so yeah. they're the kind of things that yes you say they're kind of common sense but common sense isn't always very common yeah you know? <laughs> fair and you know the way like when you if you're on a date and you're chatting to someone and you know that they haven't not only haven't listened but have just queued up the next thing that they want to say it it feels very self-indulgent like as in it feels very self-indulgent that they're being very self-indulgent which is I've never found attractive personally I don't know how you feel about that Um, yeah it's true and it's but it's also that um, on a date you see sometimes people want to give the best impression so much that they will talk too much yeah, about themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know what you mean. Yeah, they want to tell you all their information really quickly and yeah. so you'll fall in love with them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then what happens is, you know, we get feedback and it'll be like, oh, he just talked about himself all night, never asked me about myself at all. Mm-hmm. And for, for a woman, I think for anybody, but it, it tends to be more that the men maybe will talk a lot um, and the woman will be sitting there thinking, he doesn't really have any interest in me. But that's not true mm. it, what's happening there is he's probably trying to impress yeah he guys also like to um confide in women and when they're in a situation like a date situation with a woman maybe this is the first woman they've spoken to in ages about their feelings or emotional things so suddenly here's a woman who is meeting them and they feel like oh great I, I can, can share her, I can share I this can is free therapy me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I usually say to the guys listen don't throw it all out on the table on the first date because the woman doesn't really want to hear mm-hmm. all about your exes and all about the past relationships and problems mm-hmm. she's there to enjoy the evening. So one really very important point is to try and make sure that the other person is having a nice experience Mm -hmm. with you and to be aware of them and say, okay, are they enjoying this too? Because we all know how how we can make someone else's experience a nicer experience by being in our presence. And even if you don't have a second date, isn't it lovely to walk away and say, okay, I'm not going to meet the person again. But I actually think they enjoyed the time they had with me Mm -hmm. and I think I've left a good impression rather than 
that I just made them feel like they just wanted the ground to open up and swallow them or they were just looking at their watch dying to get out of there. Mm -hmm. So being aware of the other person, I think, is very important. Okay, yeah. And it says it says here, don't overdress or underdress. Smart casual is best. Now, I haven't a bogs what smart casual is. And I've worked in fashion magazines for like 10 years and I still don't know what smart casual is. But I kind of felt when I saw that tip, I was kind of thinking, surely you should just dress like yourself. So long as you're comfortable. It's very important to be exactly, comfortable. Yeah. But, you know, turning up in a tracksuit, maybe it depends on your age. Mm. Like if a woman in her 40s or 50s or 60s turns up, it's highly unlikely she's going to turn up in a tracksuit. But even when people come in to me for a consultation, yeah. yeah, sometimes I'm there and I'm thinking, OK, what is this person like on a date? Because somebody might say to me, well, I want somebody that dresses really well. OK, what do they mean by that? So a man might say, I like a lady who wears dresses, wears makeup, you know, jewellery like that. She takes time to look after herself. Um, and then if a woman is maybe when I'm in the consultation with her, has dressed very casually for the consultation, am I, am, and I'm thinking, would she be suitable for him? So I'm trying to think, ask her, I might say, well, how do you dress when you go out on a date? Equally with men, mm. I'll say the same. I'll say, well, you know, would you wear a suit on a date? Mm. Because a suit might be over the top. And would it be your role then? Like, would you, cause, you know, because I, I, I would be very much like I would encourage, if, you know, if a friend said to me, what do you think I should wear for this date? I'd say, well, dress like yourself, be comfortable, be happy, be confident in what you're wearing. Don't yeah. don't try and dress as someone else. Don't try and like t- be, take on some kind of character that, you know, to, to bring on the date with you. Dress as yourself. Yeah. But also, um, would you ever, I mean, would you ever try and change a client as in, if someone came into you and they were very casual, would you say to them, well, look, you need to, you know, make more of an effort? Or are you are you very much like this is who this client is and I'm going to match them with someone who likes that? You know what I mean? I'm trying mm-hmm. to just see like. Yeah, but then it's also about is the person presenting themselves in the best way possible? Because at the end of the day, we're all human beings and we all, you know, are marketing ourselves. You know, if you're going for an interview for a job, would you go very casually? Mm-hmm. We would maybe depend on the job you were yeah. going for the interview yeah. for. So you've got a mindset about that. And you, in your mind, you're saying, OK, I'm going for an interview. Yeah. I'm going to dress up for the interview. I'm going to look my best. So why wouldn't you do the same for, for a, date. a date? Yeah, fair. You know, if, if you go on a second or third date and the two of you go for a walk and you stick on a pair of Uggs or a pair of boots and a pair of jeans, fine. Yeah. But maybe for a first date, you want to look your best. And I think if people look their best, they feel their best. Now, not to wear something uncomfortable, like wear a pair of high heels that you never normally wear yeah. and you can't walk properly because that's not going to look good from the, you know, from yeah. the outset. Yeah. But to just feel that when you're going along to the stage that you like the way you look, that yeah. you stand in the mirror and go, go I, I like look the nice, way yeah. I look. This, yeah. th- I look nice and I feel good about who I am mm-hmm. and, and how I look. Yeah. Because how you feel about yourself inside can be very much reflected in how you look on the outside. So we all have days when we feel like I actually don't want to dress up today or I really don't want to put on any makeup today. But would that be the day that you go on the date? You know? Yeah. So you want to um, feel good about yourself and women in particular. We can get up some mornings and decide that's what I plan to wear today. But I actually don't feel like wearing that today. I'm in a different mood. That's what I feel good in today. Mm, yeah. So we've got to go with that, too. But a date is about putting our best impressions forward and 
equally for a guy, if I have a guy who maybe comes in to meet me and I feel he's not doing the best, I probably will say to him, look, I'm not asking any more than maybe you just go and buy a clean white shirt Mm -hmm. or just, you know, don't turn up in a pair of runners on the first date. Mm -hmm. You know, look like you actually made an effort because I think women make more of an effort than men. Um, but again, it's down to the age bracket yeah. because younger people are much more casual yeah. and they're much more casual about all of this. And that's fantastic. But people in the other age groups, mm-hmm. maybe that, that for them is, is not what they want yeah. or are looking for. So another thing on the list, and I was laughing because I'm so guilty of this, is looking at your phone and answering text messages. I am really bad. I My phone is always... It's an extension of me at this stage um, because a lot of my work happens on my phone and on social media and all this kind of stuff. Um, is it a complete no-no to be looking at your phone on a date? Yeah. Okay. Because again, like you're just not giving a blanket, the person. Put it away. Yeah. Okay. You're not giving the person your attention. Like, okay, if you're out and you've got kids and you've got a babysitter and you're worried about them, that's that's different because you're just going to keep an eye on whether the phone flashes to say that the babysitter is ringing or something like that. Or, or if there's something going on that is important. But I would explain that to the person. Mm-hmm. I would say to them, look, I'm really sorry. Do you mind if I keep my phone on the table because okay. there's something happening in the background yeah. that I need to be aware of? And what if that's your different. date, what if your date is, is on the phone constantly. Are you, you know, is that... It's very insulting. Yeah, I'd straight away be a bit like, mm. Absolutely. It's, I, I think people find that really insulting mm. because if, you know, if it's a date, it could be an hour, an hour and a half, it could be more. That's not not a big ask that somebody just gives you that time um, and they're going to have a better experience if, they, if they're with you. Yeah. You know, even if they meet and they kind of go, OK, this is not for me or, um, you know, they're already planning that they're not going to meet you again. Mm. I think just have respect. Disrespectfully, yeah, yeah. You fair. know, and have you ever had anybody, this is, we're going off, off list here. I'll get back to the list eventually. Have you ever had anyone in the middle of a date nip into the bathroom and ring you and say, Jennifer, <laughs> this is terrible. Get me out of here. Ring me and tell me there's been a horrible accident and I have to leave. No, it's no. funny. It's funny you should okay. say that. It's not like, you know, the first dates on TV where they yeah. go into the bathroom and, and they never see again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, we haven't had that happen. People I've had don't. to do that before. I've had to be the really? person who rang and said, hi, there's been a completely made up disaster at home. You're going to have to come home immediately. And they go, oh my God, really? And I go, yeah, you have to come home now. And then we laugh about it later. I have I have been that person. Mm, I'd say everybody though has copped onto that at this stage. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's that's an age old um, uh, trick. The old phone yeah, call from Yeah, home. everybody knows. And I yeah. think if you were with a guy and the guy did that, you'd just want yeah. to die. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's not probably not really appropriate to do yeah. those kind of things anymore. But, you know, I think to sit with somebody for an hour it's not a big no ask. No matter right. what, you know, unless they're being completely obnoxious, I think an hour of your time to sit with them is not a big ask. OK. Um, one of the things you've said here as well is don't be afraid to be vulnerable. It's an attractive trait. Mm. What do you mean by vulnerable? Because I would kind of feel on a, certainly on a first date, I probably wouldn't want to appear too vulnerable because... If typically that would not be how I am, I probably wouldn't want to, you know, not that I would want to fake vulnerability, but I, I don't know if I would come across as vulnerable. Um, well, what do we define as vulnerable? Mm. You know, what what appears to a man as vulnerable and to a woman might be very different. I don't think men or women would be as attractive to a man being vulnerable. Um, but I think it's to, to be honest 
as to why you're there, not to be putting on this tough front um, of, you know, I don't know why I'm here. I'm not really interested in dating. I don't really want anybody. I can get anybody I like, you know, that mm. kind of attitude, the cocky sort of it, it's a wall. The wall is up and it's like you're not getting in. I'm here on a date, um, but I but I, I'm, I'm, better than this. I'm better than this. Yeah. Mm. So that attitude and I find that I suppose when somebody comes to an agency, they're dropping that. They're kind of saying, I'm being transparent here. I'm mm-hmm. actually saying I want a relationship and I'd like to meet somebody. Mm-hmm. So the honesty can be seen as vulnerability, but I think it's a it's a it's a lovely trait that we're we're in tune with who we really are. And vulnerable is not a bad word. Mm. What, so it's, more, it's honesty and honesty and there that that turns into vulnerability, I suppose. Yeah, that yeah. it's like, yeah, I am seeking somebody. I would like to meet somebody. I'm here because I've invested my time and energy in mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. And um, does that yeah. is there ever a point where that crosses over into sounding desperate? Yeah, well, again, you know, people don't, you know, obviously sounding desperate isn't good. Um, As that in, wouldn't, you know, if you were saying, look, I'm here, I want to meet someone, I'm looking to start a family or I'm looking to get into a relationship, you know, by virtue, I suppose, by virtue of them being like at a matchmaking service, they, they that kind of goes without saying in a way. But can that be, you know, off putting at all? on dates if you're if you're very forthcoming about your oh yeah well if you're if you're too much like okay let's get this going now let's get started I, I'm on a time I'm ready yeah, here yeah, and I'm yeah. ready and I want to I want I'm actually ovulating today <laughs> yeah 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 come on um, that that doesn't work okay you know so sometimes people can be a bit too anxious okay about it and a bit needy mm-hmm. and there's a, there's a big difference between being vulnerable and being needy mm-hmm. so nobody wants to be with somebody that's needy because it makes us feel like they want something from us they want to take something from us and there's an expectation and we all back away from that so I think for the person to be themselves but you know at the end of the day uh, to be aware that the other person is going to be I suppose, judging you Mm -hmm. or, you know, trying to get a sense of who you are. And the last thing you want them to feel is that you're you're kind of putting a noose around their neck or putting them in chains and saying, "Okay, you're mine now. That's it. Lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What what advice would you ever give? This is again, we're going off the list, but I just uh, I wanted to ask when someone is going on a first date and they haven't dated for a while and they're really, really nervous. What do you say to give them a bit of confidence? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss wow nice yeah what you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on bomba socks underwear and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds yeah that plush and the best part for every item you purchase bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Um, well, I suppose one of the first things would be to 
you know, look, look their best because that will give them confidence anyway. But to also realise that the other person is coming to this and they're equally looking to meet somebody and they're equally probably going to be nervous. So sometimes if you say to them, well, OK, if you just remember that the other person is nervous and if you kind of put yourself in the position that you're going to try and make them feel less nervous. So if you're, you're kind of taking relaxed, the power back onto yourself, then yeah. yeah. And you're also making them more aware of the other person than of themselves, because if we're sitting there and we're focusing on how nervous we feel, that makes us feel more nervous. Mm. But if you're focusing on the other person and how you want to make them feel really comfortable in your presence, well, it takes the focus off yourself Mm -hmm. and you're realizing that this other person is probably just as nervous. I also often say to them, look, cracking a joke, saying how nervous you are. Yeah. it's a complete icebreaker just to say, oh, my God, you know, this is a bit like pulling teeth or this. Oh, my God, I've been so nervous about this. Or, oh, God, are you nervous because I am? Or, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anything like that. It just makes the other person laugh and go, oh, God, yeah. And yeah. then it's like the ice is broken. And that's a, that's a, always a good tip. Mm-hmm. Um, you've said here as well, don't pour your entire li- life out on a first mm. date. And I, I feel like that ties into the vulnerability, honesty thing in a way. So what? If you're if you're saying to people don't pour your entire life out, what is it that you want people to hold back on? Is it things like, um, you know, maybe something like childhood trauma or, you know, strong feelings about religion or politics or, you know, those kind of things? Like, what is it that you want people to give less away on the first well, date? Well, I suppose negative experience from experiences from the past. Okay. Not on a first date. Okay. Because... They can be so loaded with emotion and what they can do is they can bring down the whole tone of the first date. So if somebody decides to talk about a childhood trauma or an ex or a bad relationship and they're going to feel it as they're talking about it. They relive the whole experience. Mm -hmm. So the energy that they're giving off is going to be quite negative. And then the other person might be sitting there going, oh, my God, you know, I didn't think I was taking this on or this is awful and I feel so horrible now and I feel so sad for this person so do you want the person to feel sympathy for you or do you you know that could be further down the line when you where you both want to relate your experiences from the past but I just think first date should be about sort of presenting yourself in the best possible light being yourself Mm -hmm. not being false about it Mm -hmm. but to just keep it light and try and make it into something where you both come away feeling good and go I'd love to meet that person again. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be around somebody who gives them the feel good factor. You know, we're all drawn and attracted to people who are fun, people who already feel good. There is nothing more attractive than somebody who is comfortable in their own skin, who is fun and who's positive. We're all drawn to that. Mm-hmm. It's like the sun. We're drawn to the sun. Yeah. So you want to be around people who make you feel good. Even our own friends. We like to be with people who reflect back at us, our own qualities and who make us feel good. Yeah. I always say are. that about about friends. I think the sign of a good friendship or a healthy friendship is when you leave the person having been with them and you feel buoyant, you feel uplifted and not. you don't necessarily always have to feel deliriously happy you could have been you know in company with someone and and talking about difficult things but you feel supported or you feel you feel better having been with them rather than drained and I suppose the same goes for a dating scenario there's emotional vampires you know who will just you you walk away and feel like you're need to be scraped up off the floor yeah yeah uh, because they've just dumped everything on you or you know sucked the energy from you Mm. um and on a date that's it's very very important that people don't do that but what happens sometimes, and again, I'm generalizing here, but 
particularly for men, they kind of feel like, well, here's a woman. A woman is very empathetic, you know, and maybe I'll just tell her my story and she'll relate to that and understand me more. But that's not always what a woman wants to hear in a first date, you know. Mm. Or, or anyone. Or yeah, any, yeah. 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 So... As I say, um, I know I'm generalizing there about men and women, but again, you know, when you're running an agency, there are certain patterns that you recognize more and more. Mm. Um, But I do have a list of do's and don'ts. And I, you know, they're very practical and common sense, but I do make sure that I give them out when people sign up. Now, the amount of people that don't even read them and I say afterwards, did you actually read it? (laughs) Like, have you not remembered Mm. some of the things like even where they start looking for photographs of one another? And I'd say, well, it's against our rules and regulations. You know, who wants to be judged on a photograph? Yeah. You know, if they want to do that on the Internet and then they can meet somebody who doesn't look anything like their photograph. And that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. So when they come to us, I'd say not everybody's amazingly photogenic. Mm You know, and, I, and fo- fo- you can't you can't sense chemistry from a photograph. No, either. and you can't pick up the essence of somebody no. on, a, on a photograph. I've had people who've walked into my office, and they light up the room, and I think, oh my god, what an absolutely beautiful person! Yeah. But they may not be aesthetically beautiful or photogenic, mm. but they can be just the kind of person that everybody's drawn to mm-hmm. because they shine their light. They're yeah. just lovely people. Yeah. And I think if everybody was to admit it, that's what they're looking for. Totally. Because those kind of people, th- that spreads. They, you know, they touch off the people around them and they make a difference. And when someone like that comes into the office, I go, oh yeah, th- you know, this person is just going to be amazing. Mm. It's going to be so easy to match them up. Yeah. But not based on, on, on a photograph. They're far more than that. Mm. We're multidimensional. Photographs are one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. So, what you want is to try and promote that person as being a really lovely, wonderful and person. All around, yeah. And all around, yeah. Just to go back briefly to the thing of that you were saying not to talk about things on a first date. So talking about your ex on a first date or talking about previous relationships on a first date or in general. I read something somewhere that you should, you know, not judge a person, but kind of watch out for how they treat I was looking at one of the things was how they treat the waiters in the restaurant, which is an obvious one for me. I would always take note of how someone, whether it's um, platonic or romantic, take note of how how someone speaks to, you know, your waiter or your maitre d' or whoever. But then also how someone speaks of their ex. And sometimes, and I was just wondering about this because it's happened to me in the past where someone has been really negative about their ex, but it seemed to be with good reason and they weren't negative on the first date but as time progressed it was just they had a really really bad time with their ex and um felt like there was almost not not emotional abuse but you know it was it was a very very toxic relationship should i in the past have judged that person for talking about their ex in a negative light if it was deserved or you know how how do you how do you know if they're talking about their ex negatively or if and if it's if it's warranted mm. or if they're talking about them negatively and it's a red flag, like how do you differentiate? It's very hard because, you know, nobody's there when these things are happening. So we're all going to take a particular perspective on it and we're all very, very quick to judge. You know, there's a little, been a lot of stuff even in the press and on social media recently that's bringing up all sorts of debates. And it's funny, you know, when you sit with people and you listen to their opinions and everybody's got a different perspective or some people will agree with someone else's perspective and say, oh, we all agree with this. 
But at the end of the day, the only people who really know what's going on are the people that were involved. Mm-hmm. And and even the people who are involved, they themselves, do they understand what the other person's going through? Mm-hmm. So we can't get inside somebody's head. We cannot know what they're going through. We can't see the world through their eyes. And none of it's real anyway. So what is reality? Mm. You know, from my perspective of reality could be different to yours and everybody else's. Mm. Um, And does that make it right or does it make it wrong? So what is right or wrong? Mm. There's three sides to every story, isn't there? There's the, you know, your side, the other person's side and then what actually happened. Yeah. And then even what actually happened, who's perceiving that? True. Yeah. It's all what, about what are they looking through? As well, because yeah. a lot of it comes from our past experiences, mm-hmm. from our culture, from our conditioning. Mm-hmm. You know, we've all been programmed and conditioned by the society we grow up in, Fair, to yeah. our peers, to our friends, to our colleagues. So the influences that have come into our life are going to form our opinions and what we judge by. Mm-hmm. So we've all got different filters. Mm-hmm. And so none of them are real. Mm-hmm. So what's real can never change. Mm-hmm. But attitudes can change. Thoughts can change, opinions can change, but anything that is totally real can't change. But where do you find what's real mm. in any of it? God, that just got very deep there very quickly, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. I was wondering as well, Jennifer, have you ever come up against, I'm very interested in, I love taking personality tests, right? I love Myers-Briggs testing. I ta- I've taken every single one of them that's on the internet and I always get the same result, which is, I think proves that they must be in some way accurate. I'm really interested in different personalities and what traits can, you know, can be completely counterintuitive. Like as in if I was to meet someone and they were, I don't know, really, really, really introverted and I'm really, really extroverted. Can that work? Can that progress as a relationship? Sometimes I think, wouldn't it be brilliant if you could just bring Myers-Briggs tests to your first date? Yeah, you can't. <laughs> um, it's funny you should bring that up because um, it must be about 10 or 11 years now. It was actually around the time that I formed Two's Company that mm. I um, I was doing my postgrad and executive coaching at the time. And obviously, executive coaching also encompasses life coaching. And as part of that, I did psychometric testing. Okay. So um, I was trained to test people for Myers-Briggs, for EQI, DISC, Enneagram. And the funny thing about it is, out of all of them, the one I found that worked the best for relationships was Enneagram. Okay. And it was the one that I probably had least interest in to start. Okay, tell but me more. Tell for just for anyone listening that isn't obsessed with them like I am. Talk, yeah. talk to me more about. Well, like Myers Briggs is really good <clears throat> if you're going for um, a job interview because yeah. from a work perspective, it can show your traits and what your strengths and weaknesses are. Um, so it's very very useful, and a lot of companies use that. The EQI, EQI is emotional intelligence testing, which in relationships is probably far more important. Yeah. OK, um, and then you've got DISC, which is similar to the MBTI and the Myers-Briggs and then the Enneagram. Um, the Enneagram is where the person themselves defines what type they are. So it's kind of from one to nine on the Enneagram. It's like a clock. And I found that very, very interesting because you can do it with, you know, close friends and family. And and what's good is you're not telling somebody what they are. They read these cards and on these cards, there will be cer- certain elements that they will 
relate to and resonate with. Mm. And then you kind of go, actually, I think that's me. So people themselves kind of know who they are. And it's there's no judgment in this. There's no, no test that you're trying to do well at. Mm. So you're not trying to score on this. You're just saying, I feel that's me. And based on that, then you get a, a number okay. that, you know, that is sort of your your type. And then you can read up about yourself in that. And it will show you in life how you behave and what your challenges are. So, for example, if you're being challenged or if you feel that you're cornered or that there's um, something going on that is stressing you, certain elements of your personality will come out strongly. And when you're really, really relaxed and feel good, then there's other elements of you that will come out stronger. Neither are seen as good or bad, Mm -hmm. but it's just to be aware of them and be aware of how we react in those kind of situations. And most people prefer themselves when they're relaxed and not stressed out. So what we want to do is work with those challenges. So, you know, it is good. But I did ask at the time, can I use any of this? in my business because I did see it as a big advantage yes. that if I could you say use one of these tools to help people to um, identify compatibility or compatibility types but it doesn't work that way because when you think about it okay there are so many levels that people are attracted to when you're male female or male male and female female getting together what are we looking through so there's going to be the attraction factor what we see so visually what we see so what um creates that or what produces that um what are we looking through so you know you might see somebody who you say oh i think he's so good looking and your friend might go oh my god he wouldn't be my type at all mm-hmm. so it can be down to body shape it can be down to the color of the eyes it can be down to the hairstyle shape of face you know the filters we're looking through are our filters they're just purely you know personal to us and it's impossible to identify that and then it could be your values so you may have grown up in a family where somebody who was very academic there was a lot of emphasis in your family on academics and learning and then another family it could have been on you know well we what we've always promoted travel and having a world view and going out there meeting new cultures and and things like that and quite adventurous and then you might have another family who put a lot of emphasis on sport and recreation and keeping fit and mm-hmm. that kind of thing so a lot of the values that we grow up with um in society even the society we were born into and how we see ourselves or where we pitch ourselves is going to that's going to influence who we're attracted to mm-hmm. because somebody like, for example, someone could say, OK, they could have an attitude that everybody that's successful and very, very wealthy, that they're flaky or they're fake or they're arrogant or cocky. And they could dismiss somebody just on the basis that they've been, you know, extremely successful and wealthy. Um, and they would dismiss that person immediately because of that. And that would be totally false. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a lot of the filters that we're looking through. So there's very few people are actually looking through a clear lens. Mm. There is no such thing. Yeah. Well, there is, but it's uh, hard to get there. So, you know, uh, if we're looking through a lens or several lenses, Mm -hmm. it's like looking through a dirty window that's so obscured that you're not actually seeing the person on the other side. Mm -hmm. And that's how most of us are viewing the world Mm -hmm. and viewing one another. So how do you get a type? Is it true at all that you... um, 
again, this is just something I, I read somewhere at some point. Is it true that you look for things that you're lacking in yourself in your partner? It can be. Yeah, okay. you can admire you can admire traits in them or um, aspects of them that you feel you don't have. Mm. Um, and now, the reason I ask this just funnily is because I have found that my husband and my best friend, I didn't know. You're like too I, young to be married. Oh, well, thank you. I have no <laughs> makeup on today, listeners. That is young. why I'm 32. So <laughs> I, I think it's fine. It's probably fine. I'm hardly a child bride. Um, <laughs> but my husband and my best friend are very similar and I didn't realize this like I mean you know I met I met them separately from each other and I but they're they're extremely alike in like they even sometimes um and I mean this in their in their personalities they sometimes they'll even say the same sentence sentence to me about a topic if I ask them for their advice they'll give me word for word the same response and it terrifies me sometimes now they're not alike I mean they're not alike in so many ways but in certain the way they relate to me sometimes they can be very very similar and I'm thinking is that some is 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 there something in both of them that I was attracted to that my I was lacking as in sometimes you know I, I find I can be a little bit oversensitive or I can be a little bit um I'm trying to think not insecure but I could be a bit kind of a bit too soft in certain situations and both of them are my strength they're the ones that'll tell me cop onto yourself and do this and they're both exactly like that and then I go oh yeah okay and I you know and sometimes I feel like I need to be a bit more like that so I'm wondering is that something that I unconsciously or subconsciously sought out in both a a husband and a best friend it can be yeah Mm. we can look for qualities and we're not even aware as you say it's it's a it's unconscious or subconscious how we do this Mm. um we can admire qualities in someone else that we don't encompass Mm -hmm. and sometimes by just being in a relationship with those people either a friendship or even a close relationship like a husband or a wife what it does is it balances us but it's also where we learn from Mm -hmm. them and we can change how we behave based on what we learn from them Mm -hmm. and vice versa so we're all like individual pieces of the jigsaw and that when the two pieces fit together they fit together perfectly Mm -hmm. now that doesn't mean it's always going to be that way yeah yeah because i've seen situations where sometimes the differences can be admired and respected to start with and then they can end up becoming becoming a bigger thing they become things that actually we resent or we resist and we don't like anymore but that's just part of the process Mm. sometimes but if you can acknowledge that we are different and acknowledge that that you admire and respect those person's differences and not want them to change to be like you but that you're saying you know I really admire that and respect that about Mm -hmm. you but this is this is who I am Mm -hmm. so it doesn't mean you have to change but Mm -hmm. you just like it but obviously we do attract in sometimes things that number one we can reflect uh, attract in people who can reflect back at us what we need to address in ourselves so relationships are all about growth and about learning we learn more about ourselves through a relationship than anything else in this world whether it's a relationship with our first carer whether that's a mother or father primary carer our siblings and then our friends and our teachers and then our relationships you know with members of the opposite sex or same sex and we we learn so much about ourselves in those relationships. They challenge us. Mm-hmm. 
and they can also show us who we are. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the that's the purpose of relationship. It's not just pro, you know, procreate and, and have children and go out there and have a good time. We don't sometimes realize how much relationships are making a step outside our comfort zone and and grow as a person. And that's the purpose. But if somebody isn't allowing you to grow in a relationship, well, then it goes against the whole purpose of it. And that's why people can sometimes feel very restricted and restrained within relationships mm -hmm. because there's, we're supposed to grow, we're supposed to evolve and it's supposed to change. Mm -hmm. And if the other person supports that in us, well, then we're just going to, to flower and, you know, come out and, and be the best we can be. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's for. And if you're in a relationship with someone where uh, there's a trait of theirs that you you kind of see and you like, but you know you don't have, is it is it, you know, can that ever become a problem? As in like, I'm just I'm just trying to relate it back to to me. So the, the, the thing I think that I identified in my best friend and my husband that is different from me completely, like the opposite way is that they start off someone when they meet someone new, they start them off at zero and they have to work their way up to get to 10 in terms of, you know, they have to impress them and they have to be kind to them and they have to do good. Th Whereas I start everyone off 10 out of 10 and you have to do something to annoy me in order for me to knock points off. So they, they're, it's almost like they're skeptical about people. And I I need a bit of that. You know what I mean? I, I, I kind of feel like I need to be a bit more cautious sometimes in, in life. So I feel like I was drawn to that personality trait and have taken a bit of what they have on board. So is it, can it ever, you know, can it ever be a negative thing to want to, like, you know, to turn into your partner in a way, not, not that you want to turn into your partner, but can is it, is, it, is it a bad thing to see something in someone and be like, I want to be a bit like that? I don't think it's a bad thing if you admire the traits in someone because we're learning all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not a finished article. So, you know, we can identify a lot with our personalities and say, this is me, but it's never just me because we can change all the time and circumstances make us change all the time. Our life experience changes. So it's always a growing. We're mm. always growing and changing. So would, would getting with someone who's really extroverted help someone who's really introverted, for example? It can do. But sometimes two introverted people can actually hit it off mm. equally well. Two extroverted people can hit it off so long as they're not both vying for the same space and the same platform because, yeah. you know, there can be a bit of, uh, I suppose, um, competition there. Mm. But, you know, th there is no right or wrong about all of these and there's no one size fits all. But just to go back to the point you were saying there about yourself, I think these two people, be it your husband and your best friend, they were drawn to you also because of your qualities. So you're looking out at them. But in actual fact, they were drawn to you because they admired that about you. And you might find that if you sat down with either of them and asked them, what they think your best qualities are. The fact that you score people a 10 to start with might be one of them. Mm. They might say, I love how open you are. Mm. I love that you see the best in people. So again, don't be too hard on yourself and judge yourself. Be you ne yeah, but you yeah. never look at your, you, you, I'm all, not that I'm always hard on myself, but like you never look at it from your perspective, from, from yeah. their perspective. You're well, always like, I'm always thinking. They saw something in you that yeah. drew them to you. Mm. And so you're equally, um, probably being admired by them. Yeah. And would that be good nice. advice for would that be good advice for someone on a date as well to think of it from the other person's perspective and think how how they must be experiencing you as opposed to how you're because I feel oh, like yeah. in a dating scenario you're very conscious of how your experience is going and how 
how you feel about the person and how but Absolutely. is it useful to look at it from the other perspective even from a relationship perspective what am I bringing to the table because mm-hmm. a lot of people it's all like me 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 I want this I want that this is what I want oh here's my list here's my criteria I want all of these things okay well what are you bringing because it's not, you know, it's not just for one person. You've got to say, well, what am I bringing to someone else's life? Mm-hmm. Am I going to enhance their life? Am I going to be good for them? Mm-hmm. So it isn't just about the one individual, the one person. And, and that's what I say. I think the whole purpose behind relationship is to relate to one another, to grow as people, to learn from the other person, to become a bigger person. So you're not just there to grow yourself, but you're there to bring out the best in the other person too. And you want them to be as happy as they can be. And you want them to do everything they want and Mm -hmm. reach their full potential. So most people don't really know the purpose behind a relationship. And it is to help the other person and encourage them to their full potential. Mm -hmm. That's the purpose of it. But most people have never even considered that because it's usually all about what can I get? Which is, I mean, the what can I get mentality has never helped anybody, I don't think. It's no. very me, 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 isn't it really? Because you'll, you'll never satisfy that mm. ego of I want, I want mm-hmm. and, you know, take, take, take. You'll, that'll never be satisfied mm-hmm. and the relationship won't survive mm. through that either. So maybe going into, a, going into a dating scenario thinking I'm going to put myself, my, the best version of myself forward and show them what I have to offer rather than you get on the, the pedestal there and tell me what you are giving to me. Yeah. 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 See it from their perspective. That's amazing. And it's a great uh, place to end, I suppose. We've gotten through most of the tips. There's a couple that are still there that we haven't gotten through, but um, the important ones I think we've touched on. So Jennifer Haskins, dating expert and founder of Two's Company, thank you so much for well, coming thank in. I really enjoyed it. Where yeah. can people, if they're interested in speaking to you, coming in for a consultation, where can they find you? Well, our website is www.twoscompany.ie and then they can call us as well. And, you know, I have Quiva and uh, Amy in the office um, and, you know, they're great. And Amy's with me a long time and you know, they, they're great over the phone with people. If people ring in, they're just so pleasant to talk to. But our phone number is 01-430-4017. And uh, yeah, if they just want to ring up and find out about what we do or even just talk to us for a couple of minutes, we're there. Amazing. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thanks for So just um, for everyone listening, thanks so much, as always. Um, thank you very much for going on to iTunes and leaving um, star ratings or reviews or anything like that. Um, I have really exciting episodes coming up for the next couple of weeks as well um and just as an aside if anyone is interested there's the the two live podcast episodes that are happening on the 25th and 26th of march 26th is sold out but there's still a couple of tickets left for the 25th the link is in the bio on at private education podcast on instagram so you can find it there and um there's going to be i don't think i've actually spoken about this on the podcast yet but there's on the night there's going to be for everyone Prosecco free Prosecco I won't ask you to pay for it there's going to be um, nibbles like finger food that sort of thing which I mean I couldn't ask you to come all the way out to Swords and not feed you do you know so you're going to get free food free drink and I'm going to have prizes to give away they are TBC but I get a lot of beauty stuff uh, through the course of my other job so I'm thinking you know fancy hair straighteners you know Chanel stuff you know good the good stuff basically I'm going to go into my luxury section and take some things to give away as prizes so if you're going to be there um, I'm really excited actually I'm really looking forward to the two nights um, and like I said there's still a couple of tickets left for the 25th so um, the information is all on Instagram 
Um, and that's it for this week. Uh, I'll be back next Friday with another episode. And until then, stay safe, have fun. Goodbye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.